Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigars that you were just listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters here in Londonderry, New Hampshire, right in the 724 Lounge. If you are streaming live on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you are listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, wherever else you may get this podcast from, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padron. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat, Dave, and we have these two lovely ladies with us tonight. Debris from the 724 Lounge. Hello. And Tequila Talia. Woo! <laughs> who is one of the uh, liquor reps that we work with here at twins she is a regular on the show loves her cigars loves her pipes and loves her tequila and (laughs) irish whiskey irish whiskey is a big thing for her and with um um saint patrick's day coming up you see a lot of things coming out for saint patrick's day on both fronts whiskey of course and cigars and the cigar we're smoking today is one of those things this is the alec bradley black market filthy hooligan it is an annual release by alec bradley it's a toro six by fifty and it's a barber pole it's a barber pulled cigar the barber pole wrapper which you know you can see the bar why they call it the barber pole because it's striped like that going down if you're listening you're just going to have to take my word for it there's stripes <laughs> on the cigar because there's two wrappers a nicaraguan habano which is a, a nice dark kind of a medium coffee brown and a honduran candela which is you know a nice kind of uh green which is you know saint patrick's day mm-hmm. there there you go uh ecuadorian sumatra binder panama and honduran filler Panama. You don't see that very often. Panama. And uh, again, it's a six by 50. Talia, what did you, you brought the drink tonight. You brought the Irish whiskey here. You want to talk a little bit about it? I did. Sure. So I brought a special edition of the Red Breast Irish whiskey. So I think we've done the 12 year on the show before. Yep. So now this is the Lustau edition. So it's non-age statement. Lustau. Lustau. (laughs) <laughs> what does Lustau mean? Um, so actually... Um, Anything? It's the Bodega Lustau is a winery in southern Spain. Oh, so, okay. The Bodega. Um, Redbreast has always been known, so it's a, um, a so single So it's pot an Irish still. whiskey that's ma- named after a Spanish something or other? 
Well, I mean, you know, if you let me finish my story, you know. So the Bang. reason it's called Lustau is just they partnered with the distillery. Yeah. Um. So they they're using the distillery or not the the winery rather. Mm -hmm. They're using their Oloroso sherry casks. Um, so Oloroso sherry is supposedly, you know, the finest sherry to come out of Spain. Yeah, the finest. The finest. Sherry. That's um, that in quotes. That's right. It is nutty and kind of caramelly, which is makes mm. it a little bit different from that like fruit forward sherry. Mm -hmm. um, so what Redbreast does is they just finish off their single pot still whiskey in the Oloroso's sherry casks. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gets this like distinct. <laughs> like nutty sweetness <laughs> to it at the finish so it's a little bit sweeter mm. than the 12 year mm -hmm. it's definitely got a little bit more sweetness to it mm -hmm. oh, have you tried any brain it is so smooth it's really yeah, it's really very smooth. smooth it's 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 got a very it's like a thick mm -hmm. very kind of viscous mm -hmm. i knew you were gonna there's that word i was waiting for <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, scary <laughs> viscous it's got <laughs> Not to be confused with oily. <laughs> no, not no, not oily. No. No, but it is, it, 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 it there is a very wow. thick finish on your tongue. I'm not going to say the B word. Brazilian? Yeah. <laughs> Verdant, which also means green. <laughs> Pat, are you going to stare at the cigar or are you going to mm. talk about what you're tasting? You want me to talk about what I'm tasting and ask me it? Pat, <laughs> what well, are you tasting? Thank you, Dave. You're you welcome, should, You should be the new host. <laughs> um, it's really good. I, honestly, full disclosure, I'm a huge Candela guy. Typically, a lot of people, I feel, don't appreciate Candela. But even the Black Market blend as a whole, I'm a big fan of. Um, like Panama Tobacco, to me, is like a really like savory kind of salty mazik to it. Salty mazik. Yeah, and then What's, it has a little bit. Of, it's, it's like, like I'm, I'm very it's a legitimate question. Refined and like well balanced like okay. aroma, mm -hmm. and it has like a little subtle anise to it, and it, it's really underutilized tobacco. I mean, like the black market. I think what number was it on uh, cigar fishing on list? It was there somewhere. The Churchill. I think it was in like yeah. the top ten. I believe it was in the top. T yeah. Um. And then obviously Rocky Patel's Edge, which got him on the market, has Panama fillers in it as well. Mm. So it, it's really, really good tobacco. And then, you know, so overall profile, you're getting that nice, like, Habano, like, that kind of, like, spicy, kind of creamy texture you typically give Habano. It's Maduro, so you get, like, that kind of sweet, kind of chocolatey espresso to it. And then the Candela just kind of tops off. Like, for me, typically, Candela gives me a really grassy kind of doughy profile to it so you know you kind of add you have like the black market like kind of the staple flavors you look for on that cigar and then it just adds a little bit of complexity kind of on your palate then a little bit on the finish with that kind of grass in that hey it's only a little bit of the wrapper that you're smoking at a time so i mean next week if we end up smoking the aladino candela i'm sure it's going to be a lot more mm -hmm. of a candela forward cigar but i think this one's very well balanced and i'm a big fan of it we'll have to see about that because the candela as far as i'm if i understand it correctly is uh a candela of the african sumatra or not the african sumatra but the uh, honduran sumatra. honduras sumatra yeah. yeah 
Well, so what's interesting, very different what's interesting tastings. to me is that the, you know, the information on this is it is a Honduran Candela, which makes me wonder, you know, where they might be getting their tobacco from and if they're following a similar process. I have no information on that. And to the best of my knowledge, um, Aladino does not sell its tobacco outside and they grow almost everything themselves. So I suspect that that cigar is going to be its own unique kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I'm excited for yeah. it. It's going to be very unique. Yeah, Bree, what are you picking up on the cigar and the, the Lastal? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm enjoying it so far overall. Like, I almost didn't even think about what I was picking up because I was just like, this is really uh-huh. good. Um, but from the cigar itself, I'm I'm not getting um, a ton of any kind of spice, really. I'm, I am getting a lot of that young earth. Um, the retrohale mm-hmm. is... Young earth? Yes. Not not, not like old, old musty... Um, <laughs> like, like before like, Christ like, earth. There's yeah, no, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> there's the no Lord of the Rings in this one. <laughs> like, this is like the dirt that you freshly bury a body in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... But uh, yeah, no, that, that makes me want to go out and words of experience. Right yep. Yeah. Words of experience. Wow. <laughs> Plant vegetables, berry bodies, whatever. Yeah, Fresh whatever. dirt. Uh, at least I thought by young earth you were meaning, you know, the earth is only, you know, like 8,000 years old or something. You know, one of those really super conservative yeah. Baptist BC, things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Before Christ, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean before Candela, it's before Candela. it's been a while since I've had a Candela too. Mm. But I remember enjoying um, enjoying the last Candela I had, mm. but also feeling like I wish that it had more oomph behind it. So I think this is kind of measuring up on where like it's not going to give you that like spicy kick, but it right. does kind of make that intense earthiness from some of the Candelas I've had in the past kind of subdue into a more refined experience. What do you think of the uh, whiskey? I'm extremely impressed with the whiskey. Again, it's matching up with the cigar because there's not like that typical like whiskey burn to it, that mm-hmm. kick that you get when you take the first sip. No, so not at all. That's very true to, I guess, the Irish style of whiskey, mm-hmm. but it also has like, a complexity underneath it um, where I, I can get that like sweet note from the Oloroso cast, and I think it's complementing the cigar very well so mm-hmm. far. It's just mm-hmm. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I drink it, it's like... <laughs> it's like a different taste and it's gonna which I means which means to me in my unrefined palate cigar, yeah. that it's it's very complex because i can't separate anything mm-hmm. so i can't wait to hear what pat's gonna say because when pat says it i'm like yeah mm-hmm. you know but I, I i can't i can't even describe it right now i just know i like it and it's really good it's the really whiskey you mean yeah yeah or are you the talking style. about the cigar the style Listow. Pat, have you had any of the Listow yet? I started sipping it. Just give me a moment. <laughs> okay. Swish around the mouth a little. Swisher. 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 Swisher sweet. <laughs> <Not> sweet Swisher. <laughs> well, Pat's Four eyes are going from side to side. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's, he, things are working. Mm. We might need to take a commercial break. It has like a to me, without really kind of sitting and thinking about it, the first thing that came to my mind on the palate was charcoal. Maybe that's like bad. I, that, that's what I'm getting, <laughs> charcoal on the palate. And then it has kind of like the citrus note to it. And then on the finish, it's like a kind of a 
banana, like a savory kind of banana. I can see that. See that? Yeah. That's just amazing. I get that on the nose. I can mm -hmm. get like a banana kind of sweetness. Because yeah. I totally, I totally. It's get like what that hearty kind of sweetness, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. a, it's like that that chalky charcoal. Yeah, I totally get it. Yep. That's banana. All. That's mm. perfect. Bam yeah, yeah, it is. That's banana. it. That's what it is. Banana. And then Deadpool it adds a citrus. It doesn't change the cigar too much, but on the finish, it kind of adds a citrus with that grass note. Oh, I think the sweetness of the whiskey, too, goes totally. with the candela mm -hmm. yep. and brings yep. out the some more of the sweetness of yep. that. Um, there is a natural sweetness to that. I was so worried about this pairing. Well, I mean, I was worried, I was too, because like, this wasn't the pairing we that we had. <laughs> like, oh, we didn't test it out. Italian you know, like, and I got together let's, a, let's a, a week or so ago. And to, because we wanted to make sure that we were going to have a really good pairing, this is this is an awesome whiskey, and we didn't want whatever we were smoking to end up making it suck. Mm -hmm. So, or vice versa. And then you know, at the last minute, things had to change. Um, but this is turning out pretty well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, for a cigar that was meant to be paired with Guinness, you know, this is a. Uh, surprisingly delicious the first joke i made to you what are we pairing with it guinness <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And i will say right. <laughs> this would go with guinness mm -hmm. i had it with a guinness actually it's just phenomenal yeah, yeah. um i will say though we'll probably talk more about it next week if Banana. the aladino comes in in time yep. but i always like used to say like candela is like one of the more beautiful rappers to me like if mm -hmm. you just feel it it's like the silkiest smoothest rapper mm -hmm. And just the way that it looks, like no bombs. That's because it, so it hasn't like, had the life drained out. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> like I know the chlorophyll's in there still, gives you that color, but it's. I, I always loved how Candela looks. Mm. And. It looks velvety. And like the room note to a Candela cigar, like it gives you. It's, it's like a. It's weird. Like it's, it's like you're. It's like hay and then like freshly shredded wood. It's weird, you know? Like it just. It's a really nice room note. It's a pleasant barnyard. You know what I mean? It's like mm. not the nasty barnyard. It's like you know, <laughs> the farm fresh, fresh. Farm fresh, yeah. yeah. Farm fresh barnyard. Farm fresh barnyard. As opposed to yeah, old where they, barnyard. Where, yeah. It's fresh barnyard. It has been used yet. It's like yeah. walking through your pappy's barnyard yeah. on a warm Talia's summer. going, I just don't believe these are the words they use. It's better than saying a, a fresh dirt from a buried body. <laughs> yeah. before you bury the body. Oh, well, my bad. <laughs> Just the hole. Yeah, wow. Now, like we said, this cigar comes out every year, once a year, right around St. Patrick's Day, the end of February, beginning of March. And this is a very sought-after cigar. We start getting people asking for Candela's or the Filthy Hooligan or their other one, the, the Shamrock, you know, you know, before they come out i i have this year already um so these are doing really they're not sitting around i mean they're we're more than halfway through what we ordered um which was not a small amount of of uh, stuff but it, it kind of you know it's interesting to me that we've got this you know great cigar that comes out alec you know alec bradley fans and and fans of candela look forward to it every year Mm -hmm. And but this isn't the only reason that Alec Bradley is like in the news right now. The other reason is mm -hmm. they just got bought. Mm. They just got bought by Alec and Bradley are very happy people. Tobacco Group, um, yeah, and yeah, the the owners you know are significantly uh, 
<laughs> wealthier now <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as of today. But, um, you know, I'm, I feel like we should talk a little bit about that. You know, Pat, you want to tell us as our resident uh, legal person about uh, said purchase and what it may mean for Alec Bradley? Yeah, it's more of a kind of a business thing than a legal thing, but it was a acquisition from Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Um, to my knowledge, they're the only publicly traded company in, in the industry, to my knowledge. I know Scandinavian Tobacco Group? Yep, I know they're based out of Norway. Um, yep. And they acquired Alec Bradley. It got finalized today, and it was mentioned at the first day of the TPE trade show. Mm-hmm. For $72.5 million, which when it comes to Alec Bradley, it's essentially several dozen SKUs. They don't have any... They don't have factories. Factories have... or anything like that. And then the their headquarters in Miami, Florida actually wasn't included SKUs. in the deal. <clears throat> so it solely was like the, you know, the, the FDA approved SKUs. And I know that Scandinavian Tobacco Group is a shareholder. They have some principle with... Placencia, and that's Placencia is one of the prime factories that does a lot of Alec Bradley stuff. Um, so really, and it's kind of an interesting story of Alec Bradley too, because Alan Rubin is the the creator of Alec Bradley, and then he named the company after both of his sons, which then later went into the cigar industry. And he left a it was like a cabinet enclosure business, and then he started doing Alec Bradley cigars mm-hmm. and then he brought a gentleman in with him I forget what his name was Can we backtrack for a second and explain what a cabinet enclosure business It's like is? I think they made cabinets and if you had like you, you did something Oh literally with they made yeah. they made, okay So I thought that was like a business terminal So it's really kind of a unique story that he just <laughs> made this company <laughs> without owning any really assets and you ended up turning it around to a 72.5 million dollar deal you know so and it's then not a bad 20 years and a lot of excuse right? a lot of cigar companies you, you know like the smaller anything, companies yeah. they usually go out of business before they're acquired anywhere so it's really like you know I, there's going to be people down the road that say sellouts or whatever it is like your diehard alec bradley fans but like honestly like hats off to alan rubin for what he did but when it comes to the cigars a lot of it's conspiracy. Like, no one really knows what's going to happen yet. I don't believe Alec Bradley's even come out and commented on the acquisition yet. Nothing official. And it's it's really, you know, look at, like, I, I you know, Scandinavian Tobacco Group has, like, the, the forward to 2025 incentive. So they have, like, this big plan. I think this is the sixth or seventh company that they've acquired. Um, notably, like, um, Peterson... Peterson Tobacco, Peterson Tobacco, um, yep. Thompson Cigars. So they, they they've been acquiring a lot, and like you know, a lot of people look at it like you know they're trying to take over the industry, um, you know whatever. But so Alec Bradley, I think a big part of why they did it was, you know, like under Skinny Tobacco, they have General and Forged. Um, I would list off the lines that they, re- they represent. Like, I know, like, you know, Room 101 got acquired in the beginning of, or the end mm-hmm. of last year, middle of last year, mm-hmm. around PCA, I believe. And that's under the Forge banner. So it's kind of a unique kind of business model because you own Forged in general, but they're both competing companies within a company. Right. So you kind of grow yourself that way. And I think getting Alec Bradley is, I don't think general really needs more factories they just want competitive skews and alec bradley i think it's um i think it was 
20 million dollars in sales last year is some number around there so it does very fairly well for itself with, yeah you know outsourcing all the work and I've, I've got the half wheel article up and there's a quote from scandinavian scandinavian tobacco group um so this is the from their official release it says the acquisition of alec brad of the alec bradley cigar business is another important step toward our ambition of becoming the undisputed and sustainable global leader in cigars said Niels uh, Fredriksen, who is the STG CEO in a press release. And then continuing on, quote, through this bolt-on acquisition, we will expand our portfolio of highly regarded premium cigars in the U.S. and international markets, delivering material value to our shareholders. We will also leverage the Alec Bradley portfolio to deliver increased excitement to the handmade cigar category, through product innovation and brand activations benefiting both the cigar enthusiasts and our trade partners so they they are saying they are wanting to be the undisputed global leader in hand rolled cigars and yeah. hand rolled cigars and the interesting thing with Scandinavian tobacco group is their business model their incentive is to increase their shares Mm -hmm. Right. So most companies like your traditional family owned companies, like obviously it's for the profit, it's for the cigars. So here it's like your incentive. It really is the shares. So mm -hmm. acquiring Alec Bradley, I'm sure, is an incentive to boost those shares. And again, like from a business standpoint, it's not a bad idea because you have the means to produce these cigars. And now you're just getting a, another notable skew like Room 101, for instance, was right. a notable skew. And you know from what i've been experiencing with them and from what i've heard like they're, they're doing fairly well you know matt booth is still involved in the industry he's still a face i think he's the only brand from forge that's going to the trade shows mm -hmm. so my brie was just at tpe so maybe she can attest to that but um you know so it, it's doing fairly well and i honestly think that alec bradley is going to go under the forge to banner because i mean under general you have like the cohibas the punches like you have some pretty big players so i think it's going to go under forge and kind of give them that kind of oomph. so and you know as a consumer i honestly don't think there's anything to worry about the cigars like they, they want to make money off of them i don't think they're going to do anything atrocious to the brands you know a lot of the room 101 diehards swear that something's changed but it's to my knowledge the same tobacco and matt booth's still blending and it's you know i so i don't think it's going to be anything detrimental to the brand but you know obviously you just look at the the bigger picture and it's you know like they're consuming all these and i, I honestly think before the year is over they're going to probably acquire another brand you know whether it's factories or another just brand like alec bradley i think that they're going to probably do something else but so it, it definitely is like i'm curious to see what alec bradley says about it yeah. and i'm curious to see kind of what comes forward you know like I'm sure the Filthy Hooligan is going to be out next year. Yeah, right. I don't think they're going to. There's a reason why they bought the SKUs to expand. They're not going to just stop it. You know, they know what's making the money. Yeah. So are we going to debrief debris on the TBE? That's I think I would be the debris that's idea. doing the debriefing, just yes. to clarify. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about your experience. This was the 
first time exhibiting for 724 there? Yes, it was. Um, I think a lot of the cigar people kind of had um, a similar feeling about it where it was definitely exciting. It was definitely, it felt, the room felt very full because mm -hmm. pretty much with TPE, it's, it's now Total Products Expo. So not only do you have cigar people, but you also have people from the other side of the tobacco industry, which is like, you know, vape products, um, mm -hmm. the new industry that's going towards like CBD and um, like the more, I'd say, alternative, um, like hemp and tobacco products that are becoming available and popular. So um, you, you kind of um, run into that on the cigar side. You know, everyone there is familiar with each other, trying to network. You know, you're trying to talk to more retailers and shops, but you're also getting people that are from the other side that are just kind of curious about cigars, curious about, you know, just what's different. And um, also you got the people that are just looking to get samples. <laughs> so, um, I hear kind you of came hey, man, you got yeah. dog walkers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, dog Kurt was like, rewatch all of these things. <laughs> but, Did you um, have to pay a lot of extra money to bring stuff home? Um, honestly, it all fit into one suitcase. All of the uh, Did you the leave your clothes there? <laughs> I only had to bring one bottle of Herodura, and, uh, and yeah, that, my, my suitcase was graced. But, yeah, no, it was interesting. Um, I think this is definitely a more highly um, funded trade show just because mm -hmm. of that other side. You saw people at the vape booths that had, you know, like promo girls, like face paint, like all of these different eye-catching activity girls the, the people watching was phenomenal <laughs> i will say uh, have um, you have you been to big trade shows uh just like the distiller showcase in manchester is probably in the u.s do they the have like show babes there oh yeah Are they all made up and everything mm, and doing face no, painting no face painting <laughs> definitely not there was like a guy playing <laughs> guitar live in front we of all me. got tattoos baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like literally he looked like slash and he had an electric guitar and he was standing in front of one of the vape booths like just playing well <laughs> you guys went to the distiller showcase this year right yeah yeah there was like bands this year as well in front of a couple of the booths and i was like what is happening it was interesting like it's still it, like this was a completely different animal though still like, oh, this I wasn't can only like imagine. any trade yeah. show I'd ever been to before so, like cuz you're combining like almost like several different PCAs industries really. it's open to the yeah. public too right um kind of complicated um it's like some of our brokers had were under the assumption that because in the past, you know, with PCA, it's like you have media, you have people that are brokers that are under a certain brand and they go like not with your brand, but as like under your brand. So with this, I guess it was like somewhat astronomical to go as like an attendee. Um, but even as an attendee, like for the most part, if you were approaching booths, they would ask you if you were like a retailer because well on one hand they want to market their product and push it out to consumers it was also like they didn't want to just give away stuff unless you were like a retailer looking to carry yeah. or unless you were um media looking to <laughs> so promote you were the like brand. yes to both <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although yeah it's interesting because we were there at 724 um and I, I to my knowledge kurt has no intention of bringing any um vape products into doing smoke shop yes. so but you loaded up yeah, but yeah, we will try. For we my will friends, try. For my friends. Oh, they, for friends, know, they, friends, they friends and family. Yes. Yep. But, yep. Yeah. It was um overall good though. We still got to talk to some new accounts and um 
recap with some people that we'd spoken to at uh, PCA. and um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Now, you know, I know one of the people you were with there was Kaz and yes. the people at uh, Our pipe Cornel and Deal and Loud DC, and they're making tobacco for us and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's a great lead into what's happening at Twins. Mm -hmm. uh, the next big event is the PD Blinders Peterson Pipe event, which is happening on the 11th, the 11th of March, uh, 12 to 4 here mm -hmm. at the Londonderry location. And Talia is also going to be yeah. at that event and featuring another uh, Redbreast. That's that. right. Do you want to talk a little bit about another that one? Redbreast? Yeah, the one we're doing is the cask strength. Ooh. So while this one is still Ooh. a little high, this one is <laughs> 96 proof, which is a little higher than oh. usual. Ouch. I know, and you, you never, you will never, to, I know. I would have said never like know. 40 or yeah. 50 or never know. like that. Wow. Um, that's crazy. The cast drinks a little stronger. You know, they take that right out of the cast. They don't dilute it with the water, so it's nice and strong for you. But it's, again, with the red breast and you have the single pot still whiskey, it's smooth. It's like So no matter two. how strong it is, it's still going to be smooth, and it's still going to be uh, flavorful, you know? I'm calling sick on that day. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I can go. We're also doing... When you're um, calling sick... And then show up at the other twins. All <laughs> right, where your boss is, you, you can't do that. Day. It won't work. The mask. It won't work. Oh, Wear wig. Just shave this time. Yeah, just shave this time. Right. Um, He'll come and drag. Mm. Yeah, yeah you just, just, just look back at our I'm history Tarina. a couple of years ago, and we'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> wow, that was a couple years ago now, wasn't it? Wow. Yes, no, yes. we're overdue. Oh, my. We but, are. Uh, that's going to be awesome. You mm -hmm. join the PD Blinders for 30 bucks, and um, that gets you into the PD Blinders speakeasy where there will be the red breast uh, cast strength as well as tastings of uh, a Jameson black barrel. Mm -hmm. There's mm. also going to be Jameson stout cask to make Irish coffees with, yeah. which is fantastic. And what there's going is to be, there, it's Saturday. It's Saturday, March 11th. Oh yeah. No, no. When, I'm working. Yep. when you're working. Exactly. <laughs> we do these on purpose. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> and then there'll be, uh, we'll be able to pair that with a, uh, Brown Irish and Black Irish X and Whiskey Twist. And Kaz has also uh, mm. sent along some Nutty Irishman and some other Irish-themed tobaccos. So there's going to be like six different tobaccos you can choose to pair with these things. And uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. And then, you know, this is obviously it's kind of a play off of the, pe the Peaky Blinders. So... Everyone's coming dressed up with their flat caps and mm -hmm. suits and whatever. And there'll be prizes for the best dressed, the most green, and for uh, the best flat cap. And uh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Did we talk mm -hmm. to Kaz about dressing up as a leprechaun yet? No. I feel like we should. No, we should tell Sean He that. probably has something. Both of them. Yes. Probably has something. Kaz has very interesting suits. Oh, I, I learned that at TPE this year. Yes. It was fascinating. Visually? He, he said, you, and I, I repeat and I quote, you only like me for my suit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think his accent will throw off the whole leprechaun deal. <laughs> right. But you know, he can fake it. There you mm -hmm. go. He makes it. <laughs> 
but that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, you, 30 bucks gets you into being a PD blinder and gets you the drinks and the pairings and everything. If you turn around and you buy a Peterson pipe at the event, there's going to be lots of Peterson pipes at the event. I had hoped that there would be actual St. Patrick's Day pipes, but they've already sold out. out. They've already sold out, so there won't be any of those. However, there's going to be a great selection of stuff, including a series of pipes I just found out today that isn't even being released until the 13th. So we will be one of the first places in the country. <laughs> These pipes the are available. St. Patty's Day pipes. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a good time. Again, Talia and I will both be there. Kaz will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what's coming up at Twins. Um, is this cigar changing for any of you, or is it staying the same? It's so different with the pairing than by itself. Um, How has it changed with the pairing? Like, usually you get, like, the, by itself, you get, like, the earthiness and the grass notes from the candela, and it's just, like, okay. With the with the drink, it's, like, so sweet. The retro hill is so smooth. Mm. Um, the, uh, the, the, yes. the grassy notes are more citrusy mm-hmm. instead of grassy, um, and... I feel like the you know the the pairing with the red breast is just amazing. It's it's so good. Do you concur? This is my this is this is honestly one of my favorite pairings of the year already. Really? I do concur. I mean, it's it's not building in intensity, but it's building in complexity. If that makes any mm. sense, mm-hmm. like, it does. Sure. It's it's warming up. Um, I think the flavors are kind of melting together mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. and um, it's creating this like. Um, the sweeter room note, almost. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, like, what's consistent is how it's interacting with the whiskey. They're they're both blending together really well. Like, yeah. um, the, the earth is changing from more of that young earth that we talked about. More of that tilled, get ready for grave robbing earth. Grave robbed 5,000 years ago earth. Egyptian earth. You know, Egyptian. You, yeah, sprinkled some of those, uh, those citrus seeds into the soil. <laughs> Pat, how about you? Is the cigar changing for you? Is the pairing really ramping things up? I think before you had said it really wasn't affecting the cigar for you that much. Yeah, I mean, the, the cigar itself, from my experience smoking it, it's a pretty consistent cigar, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. It doesn't have many transitions, but it's a very solid profile. Like, the back third of it doesn't heat up too much. I do think the Candela speaks a little bit more on the back third, mm-hmm. but um, the drink, to me, is bringing out more of the Candela. And thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, I saw we needed some refills. So, you know, like, Hello. you know, and, and you know, when I said charcoal, it's not a bad thing. It's like, no, this, no, this earthy, it was a perfect kind of chalky, no, uh, kind of profile to it. And then, like, when it mixes with a cigar, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a Honduran Candela. So, you know, I wish more companies disclosed what the actual Candela was, you know, so it's. Mm-hmm. You know, typically Honduran tobacco has more of a raw earth kind of flavor. That's why a lot of people say you either hate or love Honduran tobacco. Mm-hmm. So that kind of Candela gritty, tobacco. Well, Honduran. So Candela is another mix on it, but Honduran at its core is very raw earth. So when you make oh, okay. that a Candela, so, okay. you I have that mean, yeah. earth, that grass, that little bit of citrus. 
So you got it. The red breast we'll is later. bringing that yeah. forward, but you know, like that that yeah. kind of charcoal earthy note. I think Slop really complementing <laughs> the Honduran tobacco, and then yeah. obviously that's the candela. So that's bringing that forward on my palate. So even though this is like a black market cigar with the candela on it, it seems like the candela is kind of the focal point of the blend mm. with the red breast. So long answer to the short question. What she said. That's not me. That's <laughs> often what she said in my book. They always give long answers to the question there. So um, my question would be, yeah, is can I mean we were talking earlier about how this is like every year we're asked about this cigar and other you know green type cigars like is this is that because people like Candela and it's the only excuse during the year they can get them or is it merely a gimmick and it looks good yeah, for Guinness pairings and pictures and all that? I feel like well, you could ask the same about any barber pole too, right? In a sense. Yeah, but even like you know, I I bet when the Aladinos come in, that's gonna be a big. It's it's gonna oh you know gosh. whether or not that's it's gonna be a shocker. But if the cigar is good or bad, but it's gonna be something that pushes because it's St. Patrick's Day, and then after the fact, if it's a good cigar, it's gonna keep going, obviously. But right. I think in this time of year, a lot of people are mm -hmm. looking for that yeah. candela for St. Patrick's Day. So I'm curious well, if you are guys just looking think. Green. I don't even think well, that's what I'm saying. Candela. They're just so, like, they're gonna be like, wow. So I'm curious if there's actually a market for candela and people are like buying them because they finally can get it or if it's just merely an aesthetic thing i would say that probably like pull it out of my butt here and say like majority okay, of cigars, cigar smokers just don't even know what candela is because like from the alec bradley advertisement like they're marketing for the dirty hooligan like every year they make sure they put the year on the box it, it's like the box itself is a collection piece right like every year you want to get that box you know and then like the the uh the shamrock which is a triple barber pole which mm. is the other offering alec bradley does this time of year is a town count box and that's historically the cigar people are looking for is this the shamrock and then the black market's another twist on the candela and it's a 25 count box it's a 20 count box 20 count box yep. But they're they're both yeared, so the marketing mm -hmm. for it is more of a collector's thing as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if it's if people are buying the cigar because it's this collector's thing every year, like diehard Alec Bradley guys, or if it's because they actually enjoy Candela. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. There there are Candelas that are permanently out on the market. Illusione makes a Candela, eight eight eight. Fuente does. Fuente makes their Candela eight five eight. Uh, on a regular basis, um, routinely, um, Roma Craft produces the Fomorian uh, somewhere in the fall, and that, you know, is also a straight Candela cigar. And then um, uh, Espinosa is doing the Wasabi, mm -hmm. Candela Lancero. Well, I think Galadino is going to help bring well, out the Cal the the, jeez, the Candela as a. <laughs> Yeah, it's more of like a, uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the market for Candela is kind of like negative, and I feel like if the Aladino does well, it's gonna bring out more for everybody else. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it back in the '60s and '70s, Candela was huge. It was what was smoked by everybody. JFK, 
what he smoked, you can't really tell because all the pictures black are black and, and white. And white right. But they were Candela cigars. Yeah. And you've uh, all heard of English Market Selection, mm -hmm. right? EMS. Yep. You know, which is the Connecticut brand or, stuff. Um, when Candela was hot in the 60s and 70s, it was American Market Selection. That's that's what was huge in the American market was the was the Candela. Wow. And so you have the, the AMS and the EMS. We're bringing Candela back. You know, yeah. and the Maduro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't scroll the wheel. Scroll the big, the, the, the little thing underneath the wheel. Scroll the big fat. wheel. My thumbs, thumbs are fat. Yeah. You You've got fat Is thumbs? It? I do. Look at that. Wow. See? He's like, you know... Pastor Padron. Man Don't feel fire. bad, Bree. Every time he makes me use that lighter, I'm like, the can you just do it for on. me? Like, <laughs> why can't That's you just push a button? You know, <laughs> <laughs> why isn't there a torch? My God. Is it wrong to say, like, I kind of feel like the Candela is almost like the Lancero of, um, like, tobaccos. Yeah, like, see? Yeah. Like, it, I totally agree with that. Statement. Yeah. No, it's a weird thing. Is like, typically... And it even goes through a marketing thing too. Like I know, like when Steve Saka made this in Compromiso, a big critique was he had a green band on it. Mm -hmm. You know, because for whatever reason, when you correlate tobacco, green is well. I know the reason why, but green's a negative thing because typically that's yeah under fermented tobacco. Spots, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, so, it's you know, and that's just the chlorophyll. You know, it's mm -hmm. a sign of improper fermentation. So green's a pretty negative thing in the industry today. But it's you know, to Dan's point green used to be everything back then you know right. like everyone was looking for green like the candelas and nowadays it's like you could have a little green spot on like a you know connecticut shade cigar and it's like people oh this company out. sucks yeah, like, yeah. Wasn't no, fermented no. Correctly. but if you talk to the people who like you know blend them they'd be looking for those cigars to smoke because that's that's going to add like you know they love those and then like, <laughs> honestly, love those. And, and i think the unfortunate mm, thing mm, today yeah. with me Green again spot. like so it, it's it's taste well, is who very... said that i have no idea it was it was either it was either Saka or it was um green spots yeah who was like excited to smoke those kind of cigars when like he doesn't look at them as imperfections i think it, it might have even been um i know carlito fuentes commented on it but no, but, someone that we had on the show. It's uh, it's been it's been vindicated. But like, <laughs> it's been vindicated. There's an Irish whiskey called Green Spot. We should I was gonna say Green Spot. With the green <laughs> Spot. Pretty huh? good, right? Yeah. 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 But to me, like you know, being a cigar guy, you know, I'll try everything. Like I really appreciate Candela, and it's it's something that I wish I could get in the consumer's hand more often. Especially when you look at you know our lounge and different pairing opportunities like the red breast here for instance like there's so many different combinations you can do with a candela mm. and it, it really like when it comes to candela it's its own category of tobacco like mm. you can have a nicaraguan candela you can, it, it's, it's like a maduro you know it's, yeah. you can make any varietal of tobacco a candela mm. i mean hell like pipe tobacco i'm sure you could probably do a Imagine. candela pipe tobacco right <laughs> i mean technically i mean you could just, just i mean pipe tobacco is really determined by the you shred it and all of a sudden it's pipe tobacco i mean that's the big difference i think we need to talk to kaz next week well it's also <laughs> typically light tobacco versus dark tobacco You're right but you can mix you can mix those i mean it's yeah. it's it's not like it's a not hard common, thing but you know as as i'm sitting here listening to everybody i realize that you know horrible host that i am i haven't asked talia at all yeah who enjoys cigars 
mm. you know, what she thinks about the cigar. We talked to her about Talia what, about has the drink, a floor. But like, what, what's, what's your thoughts on the cigar so far? The pairing. This wasn't what we planned. No, it are wasn't. you still happy with it? Because your big thing is, if yes. It, if it takes away from my whiskey, mm-hmm. it sucks. When I first, because I smoked the cigar, I took a, like quite a few puffs of it before. I drank the whiskey because mm-hmm. I wanted to taste the cigar first. And I was, mm-hmm. like, worried. Because I was tasting <laughs> the cigar, and I'm worried. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I feel like some of the flavors might match up to, like, it might be the spice and the spice. Like, it might be a little. Because mm-hmm. you know me. I like things to be a little more contradictory with my flavors. Um, like, sweet and spice. Sweet and spice. So, That's I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. But when I started drinking the whiskey... It almost, it mellowed out the cigar while keeping the flavor. Mm -hmm. And then it brought out, which is funny, I was, because I don't really usually care about tasting notes, but sometimes I'll, you know, I like to read up on it so that I can see what you're supposed to pick up from it. And I Mm -hmm. saw licorice as part of the tasting note. And I was like, I've never once tasted licorice in this whiskey ever. But now I almost get a little hint of it with smoking the cigar. So it's funny. I'm like getting it. It's funny that what a cigar can bring out in a whiskey and vice versa. I so I do, I know I do too, but it's not like a, it's not like I'm drinking ouzo right now. You know what I, I mean? Know, it's just right. like that, that teeny tiny little like hint of it. And I'll it does not bother me. I'm happy with banana. I know. I don't know. It's funny. I might <laughs> be the only one who's not bananas like nope <laughs> for me, but um, I do enjoy it. So I was pleasantly surprised because at first I was a little bit worried. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I, I think the pairing's been great. I do. To be I, honest, it made me like the cigar a hell of a lot more. No, like yeah. for real. I don't know. Like I'm saying, the pairing is freaking on yeah. point. Yeah, and it didn't on... take away from no. the whiskey for me. So that's awesome. And, you know, so, I mean, do you, do you nobody guys... can take credit for it because it was all done blind. Uh, yeah. Do, do you yeah. guys think that Candela is something on the market? I mean, I know Hooks it had, um, like I mean, it was like a year ago, but like you guys had the Fuente. 858 Candelas. Like, how, how did those do? They eventually sold, and um, but it was a slow-moving thing. And I mean, what's the reasoning behind them? I mean, I don't know why people don't really like Candela. I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that over the past 30, 40 years, when, you know, since it was popular, I think American tastes have changed. And so, the kind of taste and flavor when We've you even indoctrinated McDonald's, we want friggin' sweet well. I'm wondering and, if it's and, kind of and fatty and saturated, yeah. and and Candela was like a bitter taste, and it just like got pushed to the wayside. It was considered like unfinished, you know. Well, there so was a just... problem. I, I if I well not yeah if I was... if I remember right from talking disease to, to Julio Julio Aroa, there was a you know, a, like a blue mold that kind of wiped out several crops of what was used for candela. It was and too so much they, of a risk, yeah. And it became too much of a risk. And so they they went to making the, the, the Connecticut shade, which has now dominated the market. Um, you know, um, between, you know, advances in, in technology with growing the plants you know, harvesting the plants and, and and processes that can go along with it. You know, farmers love the Candela thing because the, the process of harvesting to finishing aging so you can roll it is less than a week. 
So what would normally take a month, you know, a, a month, a month to six weeks before you can even start thinking about it, you know, if you know, you could say, "Hey, I need some more candela," and within a week they can have the tobacco ready to start rolling. There's no aging that goes along mm -hmm. with it. It's a high heat process that happens over several days. Um, that's what kind of locks the, the green in there. Um, you, you can get the barn, you know, in some cases up to a, 165 degrees. To, and, but then it's locked in and it's ready to go. And so, um, you know, when I was down at the Aladino factory and we were like, you know, uh, we, we ordered, we ordered, you know, the, gotta do that. and I'll, I'll, you know, again, a little bit, I know we're talking about Alec Bradley, but here's a little teaser here. When we, when we talk about the, the Aladino Candela, um, only stores who sent uh, tobacconists to their farm tour this year get that. So there's only about 10 stores in the country that are going to be trying the cigar. And so it's, it's a very, we're kind of the test market for it. And, you know, one of the questions was, what, what if we need more? And Julio was like, well, <laughs> you know, it's only about 72 hours to finish the process. I'll get you something to take about two weeks from start to finish and get it to your store. So, but that's a huge turnaround. And so farmers love that, you know, that there's not this big aging process that goes along with things. So, <clears throat> so, so I guess, you know, I kind of asked a question because is it people think because it's not say aged as long that it's not as high quality? Cause we had this conversation last week with scotch mm. Yes, where, you know, just because it's a higher age statement doesn't mean you're going to like it more. Well, oceans kind of proved that right? ocean or even like, yeah. Cause oceans is only that's a little bit different because they got the hyper aging on the. Well, that's hip. what I mean, hyper aging. <laughs> right. So but all all they did was move the barrel. Mm -hmm. You know, who'd have thought that if moved you moved the barrel, you, right. you would yeah. you would have the Agitating liquor the, contact yeah. more with the wood. I, I wonder what would happen if they took a barrel of of whiskey and just put it on like a vibrator. Put it. Or put it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave. Let's make it more rational. A shaker, like like a paint shaker thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like shook it on one of those paint mixers for a week. Would you have like the equivalent of like twelve year old twelve year old booze on there? After I mean, that? yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to hear about vibrating. I'm gonna bring it back a little bit here. We can we can twerk it. I'm going to take, take a step out of Spencer's and go down the hall. Never to the next you again. Ever. So, You're welcome. Is the seat vibrating over there? I don't, I don't know what's happening over here. Um, so I guess in my, my comparison to, Dave have his in my opinion, vibe going over there. To, um, to Candela, <laughs> when it comes to spirits, would be like, you know, when I first started drinking scotch, I found that I, I liked the peat, mm -hmm. so I started drinking Wee Beastie Ogbeg, which is a five-year-age scotch, opposed to their Coraline. Yeah. A bad hangover. Beastie. <laughs> but I, I was a huge fan of Wee Beastie, and it's a five-year-age scotch, opposed to the Ogbeg Coraline, which is 10-year-age. Yeah. So it's still very peaty, but the 10-year is a little bit more, you know, subsided. Wee Beastie. So I think that's kind of the thing with Candela, as people look at it, it's, it's more... 
bitter and aggressive, I think people would say. Where, like, the Wee Beastie, again, is more bitter and aggressive. Mm -hmm. It has more of those, like, smoky leather mm -hmm. kind of notes to it. So, you know, and, and the thing is, when you look at, like, you know, like, the cigar geek, the tobacconist stuff, like, you know, you go back Bacon to the flavor profile and what people look for when they're blending a cigar, and you have, like, sweet, sour, salty, spicy, and then the fourth, you know, flavor in your palate is kind of a mix of all of them, and it's called umami, which is savory. You know, like, when, you know, like, the, the 858 Fuente Candela, I think, is a phenomenal cigar because, mm -hmm. you know, the Candela itself is going to bring that bitterness to it, and historically... Dominican tobacco is more of like a sweet leather salty tobacco so you know leather can be categorized a little bit as kind of bitter umami but you know Dominican tobacco typically doesn't have bitterness to it so when you put a candela cigar uh, wrapper in a Dominican like you know blended cigar it, it hits that umami stage mm -hmm. for me and it, it, that cigar was just completely perfect like it had that nice sweetness to it and then it had like that nice kind of like grassy kind of bitterness to it it was a very well blended cigar and i think that a candela cigar can really be utilized in today's market to hit that but i think when it comes to the consumer end of things you think they need, you, you just need to be in. educated about it well and that's the thing i guess that's why like you Imagine know I, I think aladino is doing exactly what needs to be done for candela because you had tobacconists go to their farm and learn about the product and see it you know right. i'm sure you guys witnessed how they made it or at yep. least the process behind it you know what i'd like so to see? what better people no. to push this kind of test product than people that were actually there and educated about it so i'm curious to see how aladino pulls this off because like, i really think there is i mean they, they, clearly there used to be a market for candela and now you know, Connecticut shades kind of dominated that. But when it comes to, you know, like the the big things a consumer looks for is a, a lot of them, for the most part, looks for price point. That, that's the first mm -hmm. thing. The price tag is the first thing they look at. Like if they want to spend $10, you could show them anything more than 10 They're not going to even look at what the cigar is. They see the price tag. And then it's going to be the aesthetics of it. And then ultimately it's going to be the profile, mm -hmm. right? So when you have a Candela cigar, Typically, it's going to be a cheaper wrapper because it doesn't have that hands-on, you know, long aging process. And then aesthetically, that's where you kind of have to have a tobacco right. and it's there for you because this is How green. Is like, the, right. why is it green? Right. And then the flavor, which I think for the most part, a Candela cigar that's well blended is going to deliver on that front. So I think it's going to look good for step one, having the price point. Step two is going to be that educated tobacco is kind of guiding them mm. through what this cigar is and why you should try it and i think the cigar like i say most of the time is going to speak for itself and then they're going to enjoy it so i, I really do like what aladino is doing with how they're introducing this to the market mm. now let me let me break off from that for just a second because you know a number of us have smoked smoked glass right how amazing is that now here's it's the thing here's the thing i want to say as i'm looking at the smoke as i'm swirling it around I, I need to know if some if, if people back me up or if I'm just like old and blowing colorblind, uh, just blowing smoke. <clears throat> Looked to me like there was like almost like a greenish tinge to it. I don't know about that. Maybe? It but, was yeah. It was not normal. It wasn't the normal kind of coloring going on. But it, 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 it there was this wow, yellowish. Almost like an amber like. So hue. Dan, are you saying it looks like the color of your beard? <laughs> oh, oh. oh wow! 
Well, you know, I, <laughs> I I do live in the estrogen palace. It's gotten white a lot faster than the rest of it. But it, like as I'm as I'm doing this again, you know, it does have this kind of odd color to, to me. It, it like when it you when you turn yeah. the glass when the smoke's in. If you look at the rim, like the, when the light hits it, it there's a the kind of a green yeah, shade. Yeah, it, it does. Right? Yep. It's not just that. me. No, it is not just you. And you know, but the the smoking the glass and you take the sip of it, it's, oh it's amazing. It's, it's right? like like straight up honey, mm-hmm. right? It's it hyper sweet, right? Uh, but but yeah. like not in a not in a negative way, no bad way. Yeah, no. it's freaking amazing. Oh my like, god! Wow, <laughs> wow! But it's, it's strange wow. to me that the, the color of the, the tobacco, color, yeah, that was neat. Is actually, you know, there's this light. It's Ooh. not. It's not like super it's obvious, but it's a. The smoke has this very slight greenish tinge to mm-hmm. it, and it's very interesting. Well, my keyboard. Sorry, I just, I just, you, what no, you were saying was, was cool. great, Pat, but I had to say something that before is... it got away from me. That's perfect, because we were about to say, tr- like, smoke the glass. Mm-hmm. Like, are we just crazy over here? To, did it really change the flavor profile? How did it do it for you? Did it change it? It did. How so? I mean, like, this right off the of bat, it's podcasts, interesting. So. Because no, I don't use words. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she just buries words. Yeah. Yeah. So Who's for next? those of you who are just Who's listening, next? you just missed everything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God, Brie. You're coming back. <laughs> it, it is kind of weird, though, because just like the pairing, you have that, like, at first you don't even think about it. You're mm-hmm. like, this is just enjoyable. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you start to think about it more, it does go back to that enjoyable sweetness. Mm. Like you have the sweetness there in a weird way. I don't know if anyone else is getting this. I'm getting more salt from the cigar. Um, I'm getting some salt from it. I'm getting like a little bit more of the caramel coming through on is the it whiskey. Salty mazique. It's so <laughs> salty mazique. You don't even know. I, thought salty was, I, I really thought you were trying to say mesquite at first. Me too. I like mesquite. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't mean that. He was trying to say viscous. <laughs> no, it really is unbelievable, though, it that is, flavor yeah. of that whiskey mm. when, when you smoke, when you smoke glass, it. It really does make a difference. Mm. On that note, though, I kind of had um, another another oh, okay. question slash observation. All right, now that's very artificially green, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like <laughs> It cheating. still looks there cool. <laughs> There's like green sauce. Uh-huh. Yeah, there we go. There goes, there goes three more. Three, <laughs> bring us back. Yeah. So anyway, um, going back to the whole Candela topic and Uh-oh. marketing, just because of something that I observed being at TPE, um, going back into like the marketing of certain things, you know, how with Jefferson's, it's like, oh, it was aged on a ship. It was this, it was that, like this was aged for 10 years and Mm -hmm. this cask, that cask, this tobacco was aged for however long. (laughs) A lot of the people that were coming from the other side of things, not Mm -hmm. from the tobacco industry, the first thing they would come over and ask you as a tobacco vendor was how long was this product aged for? Mm -hmm. What was it aged in? And Um, it almost like, it's kind of like a clarifying moment because you're like, does it make us look bad to the outside market Mm. that, you know, not every single cigar is aged in something or for an excessive amount of time. So it really makes you think about how deep marketing goes and how much, 
how long something is aged for, whether it's a cigar or a whiskey, really plays into the actual product versus how much of it is just marketing. Perception. Perception, yeah. yeah. But I would say that was an important takeaway, um, just realizing that a lot of outside consumers do look at that stuff when they're thinking about taking your product in. Yeah. Yeah, man, the thing with, with what makes a good cigar is it's it's not only the wrapper you know like i think correct uh, the wrapper the is definitely the most expensive part of the blend but like you know the cigars that really speak to me are ones that are very consistent and you know like there's so many you know i'll take connecticut shades on the market but you know you can smoke you know five different connecticut shades and there's going to be a favorite there and, and the difference between that's going to be yeah. what's in the cigar and that's why for me, I mean, you know, I, I had conversations with people this past couple of weeks. I'm, I'm not going to say their names on the show, but, you know, about <laughs> the current market with a lot of Nicaraguan cigars. And typically, you go through fermentation, whether it's first, second, or sometimes third fermentation. And then once a cigar is being rolled, like, it sits in the aging room for maybe one or two weeks, and then it gets shipped right out. You know, like, there's not a whole lot of post-fermentation aging going on in the market right now with... Uh, you know, core, and there's exceptions. There are exceptions, to that too. yeah. But... but like a lot of the high demand cigars are just getting pushed out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, when it comes to like Candela to me, it's a lot of it really is the care that's being put into the filler tobaccos. Mm. And, you know, like consumers come and, you know, they'll say, you know, in your case, like, how long has it been aged for? It, it, you know, it, it matters to an extent, but I think like, you know, like three manufacturers can take the same leaf of tobacco and they all ferment it differently. It's going to taste different. It's going to, same tobacco is going to taste different. Mm. So the fermentation process to me is really that sexy kind of like, this is sexy. what like our expression of tobacco is going to be. Right. Then the aging is, you know, cigars, you know, obviously cigars, they age and they get different. Some people prefer that. You know, me, I like to get like assaulted by my cigar. I like to be nice and spicy. <laughs> and get... <laughs> so it, it's all very subjective. But, you know, for the most part, like the aging process like a commercial or is you're not feeling assaulted. Yeah, the the, no. the aging process no. needs to be like the, you know the secondary the priority. The, like, the yeah, the icing on the cake. On the cake. Oh you know the difference between mm-hmm. like a core line cigar and maybe if you want to put out like you know a twenty dollar cigar or as like a top mm. shelf cigar. But routinely for most consumers, it's going to be like what that everyday smoke is, right? So right. it's going to be those cigars that fit in that category of very good fermentation. You know, they roll a cigar, they keep it on the shelf maybe two weeks, and they ship it out immediately. That's mm. going to be your average consumer. So that's why I think the Candela could be utilized more because if you have good filler, again, like my 858 Fuente example, like if you have really well-blended filler tobaccos and a nice binder that, make, you know, helps it combust properly. Because, again, Candela to me, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's as delicate as your shade wrappers. Mm. And if it burns the proper way, I think it's going to be a really, it's going to have a spot in the market because it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be a consistent cigar and a good cigar. So like from, from Bree's example of TPA and the aging, like that's just one, again, like I always like bring it back to the B&Ms. Like that's why I think like the headliner in the industry is a B&M because, you know, you can go online and buy something. It's kind of a, you're just shooting for the moon and if you like it, you like it, whatever. But in a, 
you know, B&M, like you have an educated tobacconist that can tell you these things. And then you try things that you would never try before. And then that's when you decide whether or not you like it, which for the most part, I think from my experience here with twins, it's typically they like it because we don't misguide people based on what they tell us. Right. But that, and again, like echoing Aladino, like that's why, like as a Candela fan, mm -hmm. I love how Aladino is executing it because... <clears throat> You know, they, they brought people that cared enough to go to the factory and learn about their product. And, like, who better than... The, and, and they're the all B&Ms. Yeah, they're that. all yeah. B&Ms. Yep. You know, like, this is something that if you release this thing online, unless you discounted the ever-living hell out of it, you're mm. not going to sell it. Right. But if you have these, you know, 10 selected people that went to the factory, I, I guarantee you this is going to be a successful cigar, 100%. Yeah. I haven't even smoked it yet, but I'm just, the, the way they're executing it. Well, I can't wait for you to smoke it back because I smoked it at the factory. Freaking awesome. Um, but one more comment that I'll say about Candela is I do want to try the the, the wasabi cigar because that's a Lancero Candela. Yes, I've never had. I'm so I have never had a Candela Lancero. I, I don't. I, I think. Did they make one? Uh, not. I mean, they, they may have. It's called the wasabi. It's called the wasabi. It's made by uh, Epinosa, and honestly, like it's I like really the perfect name for like, it. Like I want to try it so bad because right? you get all that wrapper. I hope it's wrapper. spicy. Like it's, it's you know like. I love so I'm, I'm sidetracking now, but like I, I, I love Candela, and I hope that Aladino kind of sets the foundation for it yeah. to be introduced back to the market. It'd be cool to do like a Candela challenge here, where if we can get in like Candela almost challenge. every Candela that's currently on the market, create like some kind of pack for it. Candela pack. And the C pack. Uh, Mm. The green monster pack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. totally Bostonize this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just can't advertise it. <laughs> All right, so the grouchy pack. What's what's our final thoughts here on the Alec Bradley um, uh, cigar here? The filthy hooligan, black market filthy filthy hooligan by Alec Bradley. It's going. It's going fast. It's going. Yeah, it's yeah, going. going are you are, are you glad you smoked it, Bree? I want another one, honestly. I'm oh, going okay, upstairs and buy like three more tomorrow. Yeah, oh, nice. very good. With some more Lestau. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Pat. Yeah, it's it's really like the black market in general is a good cigar. Again, that Panama tobacco and the filler, like, you know, like the Edge uses it. Like, I love that tobacco. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, if you want to go based on cigar aficionado, apparently a lot of people love the black market. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those staple blends in the industry. You know, it's. It's a good cigar, and then you put the Candela Baba Pole on it, and then, you know, me being a Candela guy, it just introduces a lot more nuances to the blend. So it's honestly a great cigar. I don't think it's just like a, you know, once a year, it's it's green, take a mm -hmm. picture with it and go, you know, do what you're doing with it. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely worth trying. It's it's a, di it's a little bit different, and then the, the glory of having a Baba Pole is that you're not going to get all Candela, so you can kind just of int introduce smoke yourself. Smoke it with a shake. You can introduce yourself to the wrapper and then taste Candela and then see whether or not it's for you. So it's it's a good introduction cigar and a Candela. Hell yeah. Yeah. No. I, I'm very much enjoying it. The flavors are still strong, but it's really, really, really smooth. Like, it's yeah. not bothering me when I'm drinking the whiskey. It's mm -hmm. not giving me that funky burn in the back of the throat where I can't taste the whiskey for a minute. Mm. It's just... It's pairing perfectly, and kind of to build off what Pat was saying about liquor, Irish whiskey is not just for March, everybody. Mm -hmm. Year-round, all right? It's St. Like, Patrick's Day every day. Yeah, That's you right. know what I mean? When you 
a nice, especially the red breast, which is that single pot still. It's that real high quality. It's really smooth. I mean, you know me. I'm an Irish whiskey girl. I don't do the bourbons no. for mu much, you know. I, <laughs> but you know, you don't just have to drink it around this time of year. It's a it's a good year round kind of drink, and it's pairing beautifully with the cigar. So I think mm. if you bring Middleton with you every time, we can drink Irish whiskey. Oh, Middleton! <laughs> I know. Honestly, I I would drink Red Breast over Middleton. I would. Have we even done Middleton? Yeah, we did yeah. it at the PD Blinders last year. Oh well, see that's we not where I am. So no, <laughs> have we done it on we the show. We have not done it. No, no, oh, we have boy. not done metal. Ooh, the pressure's on. Next time. <laughs> yep, next time. Next week. Dave, long smoke. Um, no, I'm blown away. This is definitely my favorite pairing. Yep. What do you think of the cigar? I, I, I already said it. I'm saying it again. I repeat what I say. Vibrator. No, <laughs> no. Keep your good vibrations. Side note: <laughs> in that comment, do you know that the this is completely side note, but the black and whiskey is actually they play Metallica music when mm -hmm. it's yeah in the barrels. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's what yep. makes it special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was it's not the aging; it's the yep. music. It's the music, <laughs> baby. It vibrates the barrel and makes it all touch the wood, yeah, baby. So yeah, for ages. Yes. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. We've got oceans, and then we've got Metallica. Boys, well, Metallica is not British. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, That's I don't like know, an Ozzy Osbourne. What's happening? <laughs> Everyone needs a little spinal tap. Mm. That's what all right. Well, that's all for Not Just Blunt Smoke tonight. Thanks for being with us. We'll be here next week, next Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Don't be late. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke, people. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoke.